Hey everyone, Kalach Investor back with another video for you today. So this is part four of my conversation with Gali from Hyperchange. In previous parts, we talked about Coinbase, WeWork, Tesla's, Tesla's future, FSDs, you name it, robots. We also talked about Hyperchange as a whole, why he started Hyperchange, which industry will go into Hyperchange mode. If you haven't watched that, it's going to be in the top right corner. In this video, we're going to talk about Square, where Square will be going. Could it be worth a trillion dollar? I also talked about that topic in another video. I talked about the combination of Square and Twitter. We're also going to talk about that in this video. And we're also touching on the topic of this NFT craze and maybe integrations with the virtual world. So pretty interesting points were raised. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed to this channel, I would really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. And if you like these videos, leave it an early thumbs up as it really helps me outgrow the channel and get my videos out there. So without further ado, enjoy this interview. Um, so going back to my previous point, you talked about Square a couple of times, right? You're a big fan, I think, of Square, Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. what he's doing. So why do you not hold any shares? Dude, why? Well, I can't log into my Merrill Lynch account. If I could, I have an IRA, which is in Spotify, that I wanted to move into Square or some of it. But honestly, it's just because Square, I don't know. I'm done buying public stocks, to be honest. I'm not deploying new capital mm -hmm. in public equities. I think they're inflated. I'm doing private startup deals and I'm doing crypto. And that's where I'm putting my money. So that's just the problem. Like, am I going to sell Tesla to get Square? Like, Square's not that dope, you know? And I don't have that's Tesla's like my only stock other than Spotify. And I love Spotify too. So I'm just like in this crosshair of do I sell Square for Spotify? I think I kind of want to because I think Spotify is a 5x. I think Square is a 10 to 15x mm -hmm. in like three to five years. And so, but I think I'm doing better than a 5 to 15x in three to five years on a lot of the startup companies and crypto stuff I'm doing. So that's, that's my gut feel, but I could be totally wrong. So, okay. Okay, so maybe not now. Let's say we go back two years ago. What made you decide to buy, let's say, Spotify and not Square? Like, where was the the trigger? I thought Spot. I actually did own Square for a little bit, and I thought Square was going to get hit really hard because I thought in-person commerce was going to get hit, and I thought people were pricing in too much of a rapid return to the lockdown. And so I was wrong there and Square actually didn't get hit that bad on the payment side and then actually had this boom from Cash App. And so this kind of like, I thought the core earnings power of Square was gonna get crushed for a full year and it didn't happen at all. And so that's why I kind of missed the boat and then, I'll keep, then I keep sitting back and like, damn, like I owned it at 50, sold at 55, like no way I'm buying at 250. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. no, it's 260, you know, it's like, so I don't know, that's kind of where it is. It, to be honest, like I love Cash App I think that's super innovative, but it's not like exciting. Like I can't, you know, Tesla is like exciting for me to think about like Spotify. I love music. I love supporting creators. Like that's a more something that I connect with personally more than like offering like compelling financial services, you know, or like it's kind of boring, honestly, like people. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's boring. But if you look at it from an investment point of view, it's it's a pretty, pretty big deal, especially now with like e-commerce probably taking to a next level. I think something like, like Square or Cash App, PayPal, I mean, Venmo. Cash App could put Robinhood and Public out of business if they, and might. And so Cash App could be a really exciting, like multi-hundred billion dollar company on its own. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably going to happen. And so I'm like, 
getting FOMO as we're talking, because I think that will happen. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, I currently, before that, I was editing a video for tomorrow where I think like Square could reach a trillion dollars in the next five, five to 10 years because of everything that's been happening right now. Like their AI is collecting, I think, over 300,000 data points, which can help small businesses, big businesses with instant loans. Maybe employees can get paid, not by the end of the month, but maybe each and every day. Who knows? Because the AI knows how much money is going to come in, how much money is going to go out. So they know, look, these employees need money right now, pay them. They see a business is going, like it's booming, might notify the business owner, look, your business is growing, maybe invest in new employees, maybe invest in marketing campaigns, whatever. Like I think Square is going to be this like bank consulting AI payment processing company that is going to power e-commerce and like businesses around the world, which is going to be insane. Wow. I love it. Like, and then you have obviously Twitter, which is also Jack Dorsey. Besides Twitter having all of their political issues, if Twitter manages to go into e-commerce, because I've read that they are willing to accept payments directly from Twitter, it wouldn't be so crazy if Jack Dorsey suddenly says, hmm, okay, Square, Twitter, hello. Twitter, like Square suddenly powers everything that's behind uh, Twitter's e-commerce or marketing campaigns or whatever goes through Cash App. I don't know how many people are on Twitter, but probably a lot of people. What if suddenly people start selling their stuff on Twitter, gets powered by Square, even more money right now, and the whole thing blows up. Wow, dude, I'm loving this vision. This is, I, I think you're onto something big there. Square's... What? Making me more bullish. And actually another part of that um, is is Bitcoin though. I own a, the Bitcoin's my second biggest position. I own a huge amount of mm-hmm. Bitcoin and that to me is like the square investment. Like, and I've always assumed that my Bitcoin will appreciate more than square stock, which I think honestly has been really true. So yeah. that's kind of how I'm playing this is like squares building the on-ramp to Bitcoin, Bitcoin the asset and my exposure to that is essentially like kind of the same trend. Yeah, that no, makes sense. But yeah, but, I'm getting major square FOMO right now because I think you're right. And I love the combined Twitter idea. You know, it, it makes sense, like, especially for, for the Bitcoin one. I th- like this was my, my last video as well. Like if people don't want to buy Coinbase or if, if people are just buying Coinbase to get that Bitcoin exposure, in my opinion, it's a better idea to buy just square because you get exposed to Bitcoin because they have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Bitcoin trading via Cash App. Plus you, you get the whole square selling ecosystem as well as a package deal in your investment. So it's obviously like in my eyes, square is, I think my third biggest position after Tesla and Bitcoin. So in my eyes, like square was obviously a biased choice, but still I'm, I believe like for the long term makes sense. Like you take, you get exposed to everything that Coinbase is exposing you to and maybe have less, less risk. Because Cash App is only allowing you to trade Bitcoin right now. What if they add Ethereum, Ripple, Cardano, and maybe lets you buy NFTs in the future as well via Cash App? Because I think that's why they bought a majority stake in Tidal to maybe support the artist via there. Maybe. Oh yeah, the Tidal thing is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, makes and so jumps into my my last topic is the NFT thing. I know you sold your first video for, I think, $3,300, so very well well done. Um, like, wh- where do you see this whole thing going? Because, like, at first, when I saw the first one sold for, I don't know, 
one of the first ones for 63, 69 million dollars. I was like, what the heck is this? But then I'm like, okay, people are buying 100 million dollars worth of, of a canvas with one banana on it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, NFTs, it, people think it's a new thing, but it's really not. And it's just art, you know, but this is just a new technology where to make the ownership of that art tradable on the blockchain. And so it's like we've already just been on the trust system valuing art at a huge amount without having this authentic like piece of authenticated mm -hmm. ownership. So now we have that and that'll unlock what's already happening in the like I used to collect sneakers. It's already a tens of billions of dollar market sneaker reselling. I used to have to do this legit check post on a forum, all these pictures of the new shoe I got on the legit check thread, just for some guy to be like, yep, those are fake. You got scammed again. And it's just like, and the sneaker market's already billions, despite that happening constantly. So the authentication, it just solves the authentication problem for this entire art and collectible space. And that's why I think NFTs are so cool and why I sold mine, because I wanted to experiment and dabble in it mm -hmm. and just use the technology and learn about it by doing it. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's the big misunderstanding about NFTs is like, it's actually just kind of the natural evolution of the trillion dollar art asset class. Um, it's not really a new thing. It's just that now people are create like kind of hopping on the bandwagon to like create this NFT art, a lot of which is going to zero. Like, I think my NFT is dope because it's a piece of history. It's a collectible from the hyper change universe. Mm -hmm. But if you just made some file that you wanted to sell because you know people will bid on it because you're on the foundation thing, so it'll look cool. Like that's not going to last, you know, it's kind of like what happened in crypto in 2017, where, you know, and I think every bubble is a prerequisite of a disruptive technology taking over the world. Like if it doesn't have a bubble and didn't get people hyped on the financial potential, like it probably wasn't a thing, but that's, that's the cadence of how these things come in the market. People get, they find out about it, they get so pumped, they get way too pumped and then it crashes and we wash everything out. And then now it will disrupt. And now the Mona Lisa is an NFT and, you know, no, it makes it like, my biggest, let's say, issue or misunderstanding is basically I can draw something like I'm fine with with things that are, let's say, sneakers, physical or Pokemon cards or whatever. And then somebody buys a piece of it. That's fine. But when somebody draws a picture and then digitizes it and I'm like, why, why should I pay? thousands of dollars for something I can just maybe, I don't know, save as JPEG on my computer and, and then I have it for free. Um, like for, for something that is physically here, like sneakers, like I said, high collectibles, whatever, makes sense. Cause then it's also maybe security that you have. Look, you have this on the blockchain. This is mine. This is real, which is fine. Um, they're also touching on your uh, moonshot idea of the vault idea which I, I simplified the comments as a Dropbox for, for NFTs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's still, still a weird, weird thing for me. Yeah. I think that is a really weird part of it. The, the whole like replicability of it. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think there's like the Supreme brand that has a Supreme thing. Mm -hmm. Like you can get a knockoff that looks basically just like it. Maybe really nerdy people will be able to tell it's a fake, but like, it just feels lame. Like, you know, you don't have Supreme, you know, you didn't support the company. Um, it just doesn't feel right. And I think that's the other big thing about this is like supporting the artist, the artist will get paid and you can embed 10% royalties into every sale of that. And so that's just such a cool part of the future where 
we give artists a fair shake and you're supporting the artist by buying it. Like, I think it'll be really like internet culture will govern itself. And if you're the kind of guy who just copies people's NFTs and puts them in your metaverse gallery and charges people a bunch of money and it's like, look, you can just see all the NFTs here and we don't support the artists and they're all knockoffs, but you can still do it mm -hmm. for cheaper. Everyone's going to be like, you suck. Screw you. We're not going there. We're all going to pay a ton of money to go to the real one because that's how we want the future to work is funding these artists and doing it the right way. And I think that the internet will govern itself like that. And then if you copy someone's NFT, you're actually just giving it more value because you're giving it free press and exposure. It's like the TikTok model. They let you export their video and all of a sudden to every social platform, which everyone else didn't do because that was a dumb idea. TikTok lets you copy it and they're not monetizing it. It's kind of the same idea of like, they can just download my video. They can watch it and put it on their YouTube channel and they can make ads on it. I can't, but guess what they do? They give me power as a creator when they do that. That's exposure for me. So in some ways, the biggest liability of NFTs, which is that they can be shared easily with the click, might be actually their biggest asset because that's what gets them the most hype the quickest and makes them the most shareable, which is why they have so much value. So it's like... Okay. Makes sense. I don't know though. They could. It could be BS. Like the, I'm still, I, you know, I'm like. No, like you say, with every like with every bubble that is obviously going to burst, eventually there's something that's going to come out from it. I think right now we are maybe reaching a peak of NFT bubbleism because like every day I see another another guy that sells an NFT. Oh, look at this! I made this. I made that. Logan Paul is I don't know entering every industry possible, going to WWE, where's WrestleMania selling his NFTs, Pokemon cards or whatever, I don't know. Um, but no, there, there is, there is a, obviously a positive side to it, which is authenticity, which is something I think the luxury industry has probably tried to do for years now, um, like with those knockoff shoes, bags, luxury things, whatever. I think putting it on a, on a blockchain and I don't know, I don't know, having a code, QR code that you can, you can scan makes sense, especially for the high-end luxury brands. Yeah, if you think about, like, it's not my, you know, I think it's really dumb that people, like, I filmed part of the NFT video on Rodeo Drive, where people just buy dumb stuff they don't need that's ridiculously overpriced to show how rich they are. I think that's really dumb and, like, totally irrational if you ask me, but humans are doing it, and it's a multi-billions of dollar industry. And so, you know, I, I and, and then it's like, well, it's kind of like gold. Like, you have to carry that bag with you. It's a physical bag. You want to sell it. You have to ship it to someone. It's like gold mm -hmm. versus Bitcoin. It's on the internet. It's programmable. I can, you know, take it in any metaverse I want. So in some ways, it's like, well, if we're going to do this ridiculous thing of buying all these dumb collectible goods that signal our wealth, we should probably make it in the work for the digital metaverse, not just IRL. And that's what NFTs are. So, And then it's like NFTs is a $400 million market. So that to me seems super, super small and like, um, I don't know, that just seems like a drop in the bucket compared to art, which is a $1.7 trillion market. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Like I've got a couple of Pokemon cards lying around here. Some that are worth, I don't know, 500, $800. Like for me, I would, I would rather, which is crazy. I don't know. I just said the Pokemon card is worth $800. I'm like, oh, what the heck is this? But I would rather hold it physically than have it probably stored somewhere and only have a digital copy of it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I just think you're not young enough to covet the digital version because <laughs> yeah. you grew up with the paper card. Yeah, maybe. So you, atta you attach fake nostalgia and moat to just the fact that it was printed on a piece of paper, which when you think about it, it's kind of like irrelevant. 
I don't no. know. This no, this is a big a, a big moment for humans where it's like, how much do we value the metaverse? And it's like, I'm not gonna say this is right or wrong. I'm just gonna look at the data and say people paid 70 million for that NFT. I'm not like you can say it wasn't worth that and that was the dumbest thing ever, but that happened. Like, what have you sold for 70 million? Nothing. Maybe <laughs> you don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like this is happening. People are paying money for it. Like yeah. you can choose to put your own opinion on it, but I just like to study it as like, this is a phenomena. This is gaining rapid traction in the market. Thought leaders of the art world are adopting it at a rapid pace, really leading forward thinking investors are moving on it. It has the potential to solve this authenticity problem. Like let's watch this as something that's really interesting and bubbling up. And so, and that's how you got to think about everything that happens in the financial markets. Like just cause you don't get it, doesn't mean it's wrong, you know? Exactly. Which, I, I, yeah. No, I just had like a light bulb, light bulb moment, which, which is obviously virtual reality is going to be super big in the next coming years. So I was like, what if you? There's obviously going to be people. There's obviously going to be an environment, virtual reality, like Second Life, whatever. You put your Oculus on, or maybe another product. You go into this virtual world. What if you can live a virtual world and that's where you put your super high-end NFTs, crazy things that you bought for a billion dollars or whatnot, and you create your own like rich status in that virtual world, which to me yeah. makes sense. Like you could incorporate your vault idea in that to have like it's high secure thing where you, I don't know, you bought your sneakers, whatever. And all of that gets, gets transferred in that virtual world. And you can actually wear those things in the virtual world. Yeah. And I think that'll be a thing. Like I also just invested in this company called Genies, which makes digital avatars. And they're going to build like this sort of API where like anyone can have their own digital avatar that mm -hmm. is wearing certain stuff and can sell NFTs. And like, that's exactly where I think the future is headed. And it's just, <clears throat> when you explain it like, like that, it's like, where's our attention going more into the digital world. Okay. So our value of the stuff in the digital world will go up as our attention moves there. So therefore, like what you're saying to me is inevitable. And that's why I think some of the coolest companies in the space, like Rainbow Wallet I mentioned, is just working on a web page. I think they're the coolest wallet to show your NFTs. I can even pull it up now, just so you can see it. And it's like in two seconds, I can show you all my dope NFTs. And it's like, so this is already, you know. Joy World, these are all my NFTs. Mm, okay. Look at that. <laughs> is this the future of flexing? I don't know. Maybe. In the virtual world, for sure. In the virtual world, for sure. You're going to want to have that fanny pack. There's only like a hundred of them. I got three. I mean, that's going to be pretty sick. I am already pissed at the first time I watched your Unisocks video. I was like, hmm, maybe I should buy one. It was really at nothing when you first talked about this. And now it's at, I don't know what's the price today, but it's it's much higher. Every time yeah, I look, 90 grand for a crypto sock. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. I love, I love following my like financial curiosity of like, wow, this crypto sock for $60, like is the foundational technology of how Yeezys will trade on the blockchain and how they will, that will be the, the arrival moment of Yeezys being thought of as art, as much of a painting. And when that moment happens, the thing that pioneered that technology is going to be a priceless piece of internet history, just mm -hmm. like you know, and Unisocks, just that curiosity of like, this could be cool. And then now it's like 90 grand a pair. Like, damn, 60 to 90 grand, not bad. Not, not bad at all. Like I think at the time I watched your video, I think was at 
two, maybe five, five K. And I'm like, every time it went up, it went up 27,000, 50,000. I'm like, what the heck is this? Why didn't I buy it? Um, I was like, dude, something really funny happened today. We're on the Coinbase like IPO video. One of the Coinbase execs, like they shoot this shot and you can see him like flexing with these kind of like Capri pants showing Unisocks. Like he's wearing one of the real pairs. It's oh. the first case of the uh, Unisox flex in the wild <laughs> on mainstream media. This is the, like, it was a big moment, honestly. And I'm like, I was hodling Unisox. I'm like, people are looking at how much Coinbase stock's going up and people don't realize they should be buying Unisox. Cause Coinbase, you know, what are these Coinbase millionaires doing? Buying $100,000 crypto socks, apparently. The guy is wearing 90K socks right now. <laughs> it's a flex, dude. Like, I can't believe rappers haven't figured it out yet. It's it's a it's a very big flex. Like, I'm. It's it's incredible. Like, ninety k socks, man. Like five years ago, you would tell me somebody is wearing socks that are worth ninety thousand dollars. I would be like, are you crazy? But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm. I love video games. I love the virtual world. So going into this whole virtual reality world thing, second life, where you bring all your non physical luxury in it, makes makes sense like i'm excited everything that has to do with gaming and then gamifying stuff for me is, is great um i don't like to grow up apparently but uh, I, I don't know if it's a good investment why not totally